Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in June and July, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got La Gloria Cubana Glorious LCDH, Trinidad Esmeraldas, Fonseca Number no. 1, and Ramon Ionis Gigantes. And for New Worlds, we've got Liga Pravada T52 in Corona Viva, Davidoff Maduro in Robusto, Dunbarton Tobacco in Trust, Sober Mesa in Cervantes Fino, and Castagli Brothers of the Saber in Brave Pyramidi, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, it's time to talk about our sponsor, Fabrica 5. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica 5 Cigar Company, straight from the Honduran factory to your hands. You mean mean lizard claws. (laughs) (laughs) The company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Paredes. Love you, Rob. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from the hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. And Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, you Giz. bastard. You can jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. You might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates, and now, exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. The entire store, boys. Great deal. Every single cigar on the store. That's oh, yeah. all five packs all 25-count bundles, all 50-count bundles, using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word, at Fabrica005.com. Plus, you get worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 U.S. Does that work on Master Crates? (laughs) I'll ask Rob. Incredible deal. No, it's an incredible deal. It's a great deal. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com, Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5, no boxes, no bands, no bullshit. (laughs) And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 112th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We are going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our former lizard rating. We share the ADV origin story, we discuss yet another Fuente Padron Legends delay, and we discover a mobile cigar lounge business, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Old Forester 1910 Old Fine Whiskey with the Adventura, the Navigator, in Pinzon. A Dominican Robusto tonight on the pod from a brand called Adventura. It's the Navigator. The Vitola is called the Pinzon. And it's a 50 ring gauge cigar, of course, by five and a half inches long. It's our first Adventura on the pod tonight, boys. Yeah. It's a rather, a, it's a pretty toothy looking cigar. Yeah. Rustic. Yeah. Very yeah. toothy. Yeah. It is. We have a lot of listeners and actually a lot of guys at our club too that really, really like Adventura cigars. Yeah. And it's all different kind of varieties. They have a bunch of different lines we can go through, but the coloring of the band, I guess, is a determining factor on, on the different blends and different things that they have. And this one's the white band with the blue accents yeah. and then there's the other one that's kind of like a it's black and gold black and gold yeah copper copper right? yeah. copper yeah. Yeah. yeah 
It's a catchy logo. It's an eye catcher. It is. It's really cool. Excited to smoke this tonight, boys. Let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. Just before you get the cold draw, please smell the wrapper. Oh. And smell the foot. And tell me it does not smell like a horse. It smells exactly like a barn. You know, I... I not I, a clean barn, by the way. This is I veering on the dirty a, barn. I disagree a bit. I kind of like it. It's no, a bit, you may like it, but it's it still smells sweet. like a barn. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it definitely has that... Yeah. It's, musty. It's, it's definitely musty. Now, what's unusual, the cold draw, I'm not getting much. I'm not either. And mine's a little tight. Mine's wide open. Really? So there'll be some inconsistent experiences tonight here. Anybody else having a tight one? Mine's open. I'm wondering if I should cut another one because I have one right there. There you go. Maybe I'll do that, guys. Or just do a gist cut and I'll think it'll... (laughs) It's not nice. You don't want to try to take more off first? I took a decent amount off, um, but it's like really tight and I I have a bunch of them. So I'll just put this aside. I'll perfect draw it later. I won't make the listener suffer through that. Just leave that for Rooster's cat. <laughs> <laughs> he prefers to have an offset. He's a cigar rest. <laughs> Millennium. <laughs> cigar rest. <laughs> Cold draw is pretty nice, guys. So mm. I just cut a second one. Yeah, it's nice. First one was a little tight. I just don't feel like fighting it right now. This is, um, it's some, interesting. Some dry fruit, a mm-hmm. touch of it. Yeah. I get a little right. vanilla on the cold draw. Yeah. Like a figgy. Fig thing. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Adventura, the Navigator in Pinzone. Again, it's a Robusto, 50 ring gauge cigar by five and a half inches long. What's a Pinzone? That's the name of the Vitola. I'll have to Google it. What do we know about the Marco? We know a little bit. I'll go into a bit of a history in a bit. Uh, the cool thing about it is it's a kind of a blend of, as they say, Swiss and Dominican traditions. Interesting. Um, the, the one founder, you know, the blender, I guess, is Dominican, and the founder is from Switzerland. And that's the hmm. kind of culture makeup that they're going for in the company. As they say, Dominican passion with Swiss precision. That's their, their line. Pretty bold right off the light. Distinct. Very interesting on the light. It's different, right? Yeah. To me, it's not that bold. I don't think it's bold. I just think it's different. I, I think it's a, got a unique thing a lot to of it. unusual flavor I can't put my finger on. Are you getting like spice? No. Full flavor, like flavor, not body, but flavor. It's a very interesting cigar on the light. So let's talk about the makeup of this cigar. The wrapper is San Andres Maduro from Mexico. The binder is Sumatra from Indonesia. The filler is a combination of tobacco from Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Ecuador. The aging on this, which is why I wanted to grab this one specifically, the raw tobacco is aged around five years, and the cigars are rested five to six months after rolling before they ship. They say it's a medium-strength cigar, which I think so far is, on the light anyway, is pretty in line with, uh, with what I'm getting. Any flavor notes they call out? Not really. I don't know. I'm, I'm just honestly confused by the cigar to start. I'm not getting any distinct flavor notes. Yeah, like I said, I couldn't put my finger on what it is. It's not bad, though. So their their notes on this cigar are, they say it offers a bouquet of mocha and roasted nut. And as all of the elements combine, leathery spice, hints of toffee and caramel combine to linger and delight the palate. Mm. 
Could be a potpourri of all those things hitting you at once. It sounds like you're not getting like a distinct flavor note. You know, it's hard to pick out. I agree. It's not bad. I don't want the listener to think that we're I feeling agree. like this is a bad cigar. I mean, this is a very, very approachable cigar. I and agree. I think the flavor is robust, but I don't think that there's something... Specific. Yeah, as you're saying, I don't think that you can point to one flavor note that's kind of raising its hand right now. I would just modify that. I don't think you can pick out any flavor note, right? So like sometimes I'm getting a number of flavor notes and none of them is particularly dominant, but they're all kind of there and I can actually name them. I can't name any of them here. So like, it's just a little odd. I am I guess what I'm wondering at this point is either sometimes when you have a cigar like this, you don't get much to start. Nothing's offensive, but nothing is really drawing me into the cigar. And then all of a sudden it just hits its stride and opens up and you start to really be able to pick out the notes or this could just be muddled and maybe we're not going to get really pronounced notes. And obviously that'd be disappointing, but the jury's yeah. still out. But then again, we are naive schoolboys. <laughs> yeah rooster is on a roll so rooster's hot because <laughs> actually it's gone now so our friend uh and he took of, it down well no no no. i'll explain so uh, our friend at el habano rob isla uh good friend of the podcast good friend of the program um really nice guy and supporter and uh obviously one of the premier tobacconists in the world yeah, we love rob we oh, love yeah. rob so he puts up each week uh, a weekly like a weekend listening playlist and it's you know sometimes it's cuban music sometimes it's music from something else it's a sometimes it's a youtube video he's seen or enjoyed or a documentary just kind of weekend hey you know pair this with your cigar this weekend check it out uh it happened that this past weekend was the lounge lizards podcast and he put it up and said, hey, you know, check it out. This is what the guys are doing. He put up the episode. I believe it was from two weeks ago, the one with the Buna Havain. And uh, I think it was the Ramon Ionis. That's right. That's number right. three was yes. the one that he shared. And we got some great comments on it. And unfortunately, you can't see it now. <laughs> but but uh, one of them made Rooster very hot. And he said, the uh, the gentleman on the on the forum said, I generally, I generally like their podcast. But sometimes they lack knowledge and seem like excited, naive schoolboys. Yowza. He's out. <laughs> I don't think he wants in. <laughs> Rooster, what are your thoughts on that comment? I just think... Uh, I don't know. I want to meet him in person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, I believe he, he probably is an abuelo, you know? He's mm -hmm. a geriatric. <laughs> Could be with a vast store of knowledge. Yeah, so we... Uh, seriously, though, uh, we do appreciate the support from Rob and, and all of our friends over at FOH. Such a great mm. cigar community. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. just the best of the best over there, I think. Agreed. So are you guys getting anything from this cigar? So I have to say, I'm starting to. Yeah, I am too. I'm starting to get mocha. I am too. Yep. I was just going to say, I'm getting a little coffee thing. Yep. Like a little sweet coffee thing. Especially on the nose. I'm actually, I feel like I'm getting that caramel oh, thing, that, that sweetness that they so talked about on the nose. I get that on the nose, on the burn line, caramel and mocha. Yep. But on the draw, on, on the finish, I'm getting almond and nutty for me, not mocha yet. But up front, it's still a little confused. I get nuts on the finish too, though. Yeah. I see that. This mm -hmm. could be the most accurate <laughs> vendor provide or manufacturer provided tasting notes that we've ever had on this podcast. You know what's funny? I just, I, I feel like I've noticed with this cigar. I felt like I had to really light this a lot, like okay. for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when I lit it, 
it, it was very hot and it just struggled to deliver any flavor at the, I guess maybe that amount of heat. May need to rest. And I just kind of let it hang out, didn't draw it for a while, and I'm 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 enjoying this in a much slower pace now. And I feel like the flavor is coming out much easier that way. Uh, accurate. Well, I think the cigar, it feels significant in your hand. You think about compared to other Robustos that we've held in our hand, at least the two that I've had, the first one I cut that's a little tight in this one, it's heavy. Yeah. Like it's a dense, it's a densely packed Robusto, you know, versus some of the others that we have. Think about this compared to an Exclusivo. This weighs probably 25 to 30% more than an Exclusivo does. Have you retrohaled yet? I have. And? It's pretty good. It's like good aged Dominican tobacco. Oh. You know, I, I know it's a combo of a yeah. bunch of things, but it's a bit sharp for me, which is, is unusual it? because I retro every draw of every cigar that I have. It's a bit sharp. I don't disagree that it's sharp, but I don't dislike it. No, I can't. I can't say I hate it. How much is this cigar? So this is ten bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, ten dollars. Pretty moderately priced. Yeah, and that's actually I'm not counting Atlantic VIP. I think which I got it even less. You know, Atlantic is such a great retailer, but. Um, the normal price that you could find these anywhere is somewhere around 10. You'll probably get them maybe, maybe in the city, they'd probably be 13 or 14 with all the okay. tax, but these are generally around 10 bucks. Pretty well priced. Yeah. I think it's a fair price for this. So the Navigator line from Adventura is the second line, uh, from ADV, which is, as they show on the band here, is kind of their, their nickname for their company, ADV. It, they say it's the most complex of all the blends, which is, I'm assuming why we've had so many listeners recommend this specific line, the Navigator. Again, we read the tasting notes. There's four different Vitolas in this line. There's the Ponce de Leon, 6x60. That's a big cigar. The Francis D, 44 ring gauge by 6 inches. The Cabral, which is a 54 ring gauge cigar by 6. And the Pinzon, which is a 50 ring gauge by 5.5, which is what we're smoking tonight. They have quite a bit of lines over there at Adventura. They have seven. They have the Explorer, the Conqueror, the Royal Return, the Barbaroja Invasion, the La La Yeona. I, can't, <laughs> I knew it was going to get me. Schoolboy. I knew. I knew <laughs> I'm excited, though. I've been uh, waiting for this, by the way, all day. <laughs> I know you have. The Peace of Heart and, of course, the Navigator that we're smoking now. So. We'll see how this does tonight. But like I said, we've gotten a lot of listener requests for Adventura, so I'm glad that we are, uh, we're doing it tonight. So the company was founded in 2016. Uh, like I said, it was founded by a Swiss national, Swiss cigar retailer named Marcel Noble and Henderson Ventura from the Dominican Republic, which is pretty cool that the founder is from, you know, is from Europe and the master blender that he mm -hmm. founded the company with is out of uh, Dominican, which is, that's a pretty unique thing. I don't know, think we've ever heard of anything I don't like think that. we have. It's, uh, like, uh, it's like H. Like Upman. A, like Davidoff. <laughs> like he was Davidoff. a German banker, right? You know what it is? Da Davidoff is the same thing. You know, they have, yeah. yeah, that's true. Henrik Kellner and then Eliados. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, all, they're both Dominicans. So they're branding, like I, you know, as you kind of got from the uh, different lines, the different markers that I listed under their brand, it's often has themes of like exploration of adventure when you go on their website there's like a pirate so that's kind of their thing is like exploring and adventuring through different tobacco and blending and you know providing the smoker with a bunch of different experiences and they're always using tobacco from different countries like we said dominican republic ecuador nicaragua mexican wrapper on this one indonesia 
which is in this one. So they're sourcing tobacco from all over the world and just trying all different kinds of blends to kind of come up with what they're hoping is a uh, a dynamic flavor profile. So you said for this cigar, Mexican wrapper, what about the binder and filler? Mexican wrapper from San Andres. It's Maduro. The binder is Sumatra from Indonesia, and the filler is a combo of Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Ecuador. Wow. So there's five different sources of tobacco in this cigar we're holding right They've now. They've traversed the earth for their products. And that's Clearly. what I was thinking about. Think about how many miles that tobacco, those, those bales of tobacco have been. But you'd have to know what you're going to get from that product that you're sourcing from all over the world. How do you know that? Mm. How long? It's, 2016? This has been out? Yeah, not well, very, no, they, the company was founded in 2016. So they haven't been out very long. They haven't. This they're cigar, buying, is, this line I'm thinking is five, five years old or something. Yeah, so. they're buying product from all over the world. Yeah. How do they know what they're going to produce, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, I mean, it's an experiment. I, it is, but at the same time, you know, how young this company is, they're benefiting from all the people who have done this before. So like we've had cigars that have you know, tobacco from Indonesia and all these different places that are certainly not as prominent as like Dominican or Nicaraguan tobacco, but I'm sure- Oh, well, that makes sense. They're trying others. They're sourcing product where others have sourced in the past. For sure. So that makes sense, yeah. I mean, I guess the founder just says, listen, I'm looking for this kind of a cigar with this these kind of flavor notes and the blender tries to blend it, put it together and, uh, mm. you know, put out a prototype and you go from there. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, you know, from my own experience, it just- experiencing the uh, tasting panel with the guys on FOH as they develop the, the various cigars for Bon Roberts, Friends of El Habano, the, the MoFo lines, you know, just seeing their process through the last year of how much iteration they do. You know, they send us one of the cigars and it's like, this is blend 47. This one's blend 98. This one's blend number three. Yeah. It, it's just a constant the process. You know, roll sure. it, smoke it. Yeah. Does this work or not? And then you're hoping that it's going to age and change and, and it become even greater, you know. Do they tweak it like after after your inputs? They did, yeah. So there were actually a few of the cigars. I think we got eight or ten originally, and then they, they constantly. It was a constant flow for about eight months of the year, and then we'd get on Zoom every Sunday night, the tasting panel. I think it was eight or ten of us, and we'd get on and discuss everything. And there were a few cigars that it just didn't resonate with us, and then we would, you know, they would go and make adjustments and send us new versions of it. Breaking news. I, I got to tell you. We have a, we have a wag so from Bam. <laughs> the mocha <laughs> yeah, just you hit me. Did it. I ha I haven't liked the cigar the moment I lit it. But now it is getting better and better. And that mocha, literally, the last two draws, delicious. And it's a, it's very surprising. I, I agree with Bam. So I, I had the same reaction. I mean, wow. First smelling the wrapper, smelled like a, a heavily used barn, not on my speed. On the light, I wasn't getting any flavor, just tobacco essentially. But as I'm smoking this now well into the first quarter, approaching the first third, the notes are becoming much more defined. It's smooth, it's enjoyable. And I think the thing I appreciate the most, it's unique. Yeah. Like I would not compare what I'm experiencing right now to any other cigar so I've had. I totally agree. The mocha I'm getting here, I haven't ever had in another cigar. I just haven't. Yeah. It's a little unusual. And I, for me, I have to smoke the cigar very slowly to capture that, very slowly. Because so, if what I, what is happening when you speed up? When you're going too fast, what are you well, experiencing that's different? So when I when I'm going very slow and I retrohale, it's smooth and it's delicious. But uh, as I go quickly, it I get that burn right. The bitter taste. Too. It's bitter. Yeah. It's bitter through the retrohale, and it's actually bitter on the draw. So yeah. this this guy needs time. 
you've got to take your time with the cigar. Yeah, I think uh, the same here. I, I think for me, the aroma is so much more distinct as opposed to the taste. And aroma is delicious. Getting there, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've just been waiting for that mocha blast too. But but I can see, <laughs> I can see, um, you know, it's becoming a little sweeter. Uh, and uh, but I haven't been able to really define what the flavor is. Yeah, it's just it's just changed a little bit. It just became a little sweeter, like you yeah. said. I don't and remember you get that coffee flavor. Like it's almost like a threshold that you pass. I don't remember many cigars where you're you hit a wall and it improves. I haven't had that experience so dramatically like this. I just give them credit because I know we've smoked other cigars on the pod where there's tobacco from Indonesia, which I like single out as something pretty exotic. Right? That's got to be in, what, 10% of cigars, probably, yeah. just guessing. And I don't recall us ever loving a cigar that had like such a crazy mix of different tobaccos, the one exception being the Pledge of Allegiance, that sure. E.B. Creole cigar. But this is just really well done. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised, and I am enjoying it. You know, it's also a lot of the coffee growing regions are also like really good tobacco growing regions. Mm. Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Cuba. Sure. You know, Indonesia. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. They have the weather, right? For that. Yeah. Yeah. And the soil. So, you know what else is cool, too? I want to mention this about the blender Henderson Ventura from the Dominican. He's actually one of the youngest master blenders in the entire tobacco industry. Mm. I think he's in his 20s. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. That's impressive. So Good the other him. thing, too, I wanted to note is that uh, the cigars from Adventura are rolled at Tabaclara William Ventura Factory in the Dominican Republic, which is where cigars from brands like Room 101 and Caldwell Cigar come from. So nice. they don't have their own facility. They, you know, they mm -hmm. are outsourcing their... Like many other manufacturers. Like many manufacturers are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think this is really interesting i you know it's it's uh, it's not often that we're stumped on flavor profile and experience but i think that it's it's getting better it's getting better sure is, yeah. it's it's peaked my interest so far i'm also surprised at how bright white the ash is yeah, and the burn line is yeah fantastic. it's, it's the structurally sound great. it's very well made yeah i mean everybody just like razor sharp burn that's awesome i'm, I'm impressed with the construction so i've had these probably for about two months now in the tower so they've probably been sitting at about 65. Mm. But, you know, I think I think the construction on this cigar is excellent. I mean, and that ash isn't going anywhere. Like, I'm very confident that yeah. it's not going to be all over me, you know? Well, you, you look very confident. <laughs> you, you're always very confident. <laughs> That's true. That. That's true. <laughs> stupidly. Stupidly. Never stupid. So, boys, I think we have to tell the listeners, in, just in case it sounds a little different for any reason. This is our first podcast, and this is episode 112. Yeah, man. The Gizmo Lounge. We are in the Gizmo Lounge. The Hismo Lounge. Hismo. <laughs> this is the first time uh, we recorded here. 1086 had some stuff going on tonight for the holidays. and uh, I love it here. You like it? I love it here. What's the, what's the, what are the pros and cons, boys? Hit me. I mean, it's, it's sponsored by Kirkland, <laughs> by Costco. We've, we've got Kirkland Water. He offered us Kirkland We have a part pie. owner right here. Yeah. <laughs> Rooster's a... And the biggest thing is you don't have to pack any equipment and put it away and that's load true. it. That's true. That's true. No that's, loading, unloading. In that's yeah. nice, yeah. It is a longer drive for us, but that's okay. I've been doing it for... You have. A you long know, time. You deserve a break. You do. Honestly, it's very peaceful. It's a good option. Yeah, yeah. very good option. I'm finally sitting in a comfortable chair. That's this is good. <laughs> well, you two guys have the leather chairs, I see. <laughs> Strategically Yeah, planned. so I have two like Adirondack outdoor chairs. Yep. 
Um, I don't know what you would call that, like a composite wicker, wicker, wicker composite yeah. wicker or something. Yeah. And then my two, I have two matching recliners that are always in the Gizmo lounge here that I yep. use. And I, if a guest comes or whatever, uh, you know, Mrs. Gizmo's dad mm-hmm. often is here. Um, so I have the uh, the matching recliners for the. This is very comfortable. I, those are good chairs, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. The, rec- the Adirondacks are nice. Yeah, and it's heated. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just feel like the the garage setup. When we're recording anywhere, I mean, even when we're recording at our clubhouse, you know, there's other people around. It, it's easier to get distracted. I feel like when you're you're in the garage, whether it's at Gizmos, my place before, yep. like, oh yeah, it's just you're so focused on the cigar, what so, we're doing. The Senator Lounge that was fantastic, and I'm feeling that Sam reminiscing today. Oh, that's good. Like he said, we can focus on ourselves and just us. Yeah, no interruptions. I agree. Yeah, it's a nice change. It is. It is. That's good. Well, it's a good option to have here. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, Giz. <laughs> hey, listen, you know I'm going to be here. So, boys, let's talk about our pairing tonight. I'm a little nervous about this because, like must the we? cigar, must we talk about it? <laughs> we must, Bam. All right. It had a little bit of a funky nose on it, kind of like the barnyard in the cigar. When I took a whiff, when I was pouring it out of the bottle, I was a little nervous. So I had the same reaction from the bottle, but when you put it in the glass and you put some ice in there, then smell the nose. I mean, it's very traditional bourbon. Yeah, it is. So what are we drinking? We're drinking the Old Forester 1910. Right. Straight bourbon whiskey. Straight bourbon whiskey. 93 proof. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. It's kind of boring. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a little medicinal to me. It's a little get, boring to me. Like I'm not getting me. a lot of. It's not rich. You know? I I don't know. I have a slightly different take. I mean, I'm not loving it, but I don't get medicinal. I can see why you said it's boring. I mean, it's very to me. It's just very traditional bourbon, but it leans on like the earthier woodier side of bourbon not the like aggressively like sweet heavy corn based Mm -hmm. bourbon so i like that it's more balanced and not super sweet and a little bit dry but it's not that exciting i would not drink this in a winter for me this would be a spring maybe even summer drink with ice because there is some refreshing elements to it that could work during that time of year Interesting. I, I kind of feel the opposite. Not me. Well, I've, I'm agreeing with Bam. I, I just I don't think it's very viscous. It doesn't really coat it's my light. mouth in the way I'd want it to. Which especially like you're saying when it's cold out, like it is now. Itself to a you know a, a warmer time frame. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So then we're we're thinking about it differently. So agree that the there's not enough body to make this that attractive for the fall or winter. For me, just the flavor profile, the like earthy woodiness of it. I get that on I the finish. I like that. Yeah. And I, I get that on the finish. On that's the f- for me like a very fall. Like I think of like, you know, the leaves and the trees. And I yeah. like like a woody spirit where in the summer, like I want something that's more like floral, mm-hmm. fruity. But um, on the so- front, on the front, you, I get a lot of floral and fruit on the front. On the finish, it gets smoky and woody for me. You know, I, again, I, I don't think I put a lot of ice in it. Maybe four or five chips. I really didn't put that much. It just isn't, it isn't delivering much for me. How much was this bottle? Try, try it neat also. This, I believe, I if I remember correctly, $46. Okay. Not expensive. And you said it's 43 proof? Or excuse 93. me, uh, 93 proof? Okay. But do you get the coffee now? I It's become coffee, and I think the sweetness has subsided. It's got the... Earthy? More earthy for you? Yeah, more earthy coffee. 
kind of a. I mean, for me, it's hard to distinguish what's mocha, what's coffee. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's cocoa, coffee for me. Know, yeah. Like, how do you? I mean, mm. how do you tell what's what is mocha? Mocha to you is to what? me. To me, it's when it's like coffee meets chocolate. Yeah, that's exactly what it is for so me. So you mean like a sweeter? Yes, sweeter. Uh, a sweeter coffee, coffee not a bitter milk. coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, really, no, that makes sense. And like you're milk, capturing kind of like milk chocolate, right? Like, yeah, but with some coffee notes that like right. makes it mocha. That makes sense. And, and by the way, I just had a yeah. mocha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right there. <laughs> you have it here. He's, He's got a Starbucks cup. I didn't even see that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right, boys, let's talk about a little history here of Old Forester. Found some cool stuff about it. They have an interesting history. I mean, number one, it was first introduced by a guy named George Garvin Brown in 1870 which is pretty incredible. They claim to be the first bourbon sold exclusively in sealed bottles, which they say is an innovation that signals its authenticity and quality at a time when whiskey was commonly sold in barrels or jugs. And buckets. And buckets. (laughs) It's produced by the Brown Foreman uh, Corporation, which makes a bunch of other spirits. Pretty incredible, actually. Jack Daniels, Woodford Reserve, Finlandia Vodka, and um, here come the pronunciations. Chambord? Chambord. Chambord. What is it? Oh, my gosh. Every Shambord. tennis fan is just so upset hearing this. <laughs> it's a round bottle. There, there's more to come That's here. That's what's in the honeydeuce at the U.S. Open. Oh, okay. <laughs> come on, geese. Ben Riach, Glenn Dranach, and Glenn Glassow, <laughs> Scotch whiskeys. <laughs> well, well, the, well the. El, El Himidor and Heridura. That's, mm. a, that's one I know. Yeah. Corbel Champagne, they distribute that, a sparkling wine. Canadian Mist, which is a Canadian whiskey. Slane or Slane Irish whiskey and Ford's Gin. Obviously, the big ones out of that, Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve. And yeah, it's funny. We were actually talking about Woodford Reserve the other night because our friend at the lounge, Lizard Henry, was making us old fashions with Woodford. We and haven't reviewed that. It was we, I think we, no, we've done we did. Woodford. Yeah, oh, we did Woodford. We? Yeah, okay. oh, a while okay. back. A while okay. back. It is such an excellent bourbon when when Yoke's mixed, mixed. In spirit. Yeah, Woodford has got to be the best mixing bourbon. Period. I mean, I like, bu- I like the bullet. bullet. Yeah. I was going to say bullet is like the only other one that would compete with it. Like those two, it's in every cocktail, and they're just delicious. And Woodford, to its credit, I mean, you know, you've heard me bitch and complain about the like drink options on flights. And as they've become lower quality and more limited, you see Woodford Reserve as opposed to like Dewar's White Label. I'll drink Woodford over ice any day day. over like a scotch that claims to be, you know, legitimate that like Dewar's White Label is not. So, um, yeah, I give a lot of credit. Those are just really accessible bourbons. And the funny thing is there was something is when you were sending around some of the history on this. I, I know this can't still be the case because I'm pretty sure that it's Woodford or Bullet now that's like the official of bourbon Kentucky of the Kentucky Derby. But yeah. apparently this used to be, which that's pretty high praise. I mean, that you know, like these are, you're at the Kentucky Derby, like a mint julep. You're not going to put a bad bourbon in there. So that's a real endorsement of the brand. Sure. But I think that this would mix very well. I just think with a little ice, Pairing it with you know a medium cigar like we're having tonight, it's just not no. standing up like it should I, be. I, I think I totally agree with you. And the other yeah. problem too, and I think we're spoiled a little bit. Well, last week or the week before, we did Weller, That's which true. ended up as one of the best drinks we've ever done in the podcast. That was, it was fabulous, incredible. And yeah. I've actually been thinking about that a lot. So in my brain, of course, I'm now comparing 
the Weller that we had, the special reserve to mm-hmm. this 1910 from Foresters, it's just not, they're not in the same league. That, that Weller was the first bourbon that I purchased after we reviewed it for sipping consumption. Yep. In I don't even know how many years. I mean, probably 10 years since I would have like bought a bourbon to sip. It's also twice the price. Right. It is. Well, on the primary market. So if you're fortunate enough to get Weller, you know, from an from an actual retailer that you're getting it direct, I think it's twenty or thirty dollars. You can't find it. You can't find it. No, now no. if you're in Kentucky or Texas, I think you might be able to Probably. get it a little easier than we can yeah. up like here in the a, Northeast. It's like a Rolex. Exactly. That's <laughs> true. It's actually true. The secondary market is is crazy. And it's funny, you know, we we talk about this kind of false scarcity. I think we talked about that a little bit with the Weller, and we've talked about that with Eagle Rare, and mm-hmm. we've talked about with Blanton's and some of the other stuff. It's this false scarcity that these manufacturers create. Yeah, just charge the price it needs to be. You know, eliminate the secondary market and give it to us, and just get, make more of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really a crime because look, if Scotch started doing that, I would be so disappointed. I mean, it would legitimately impact my purchasing habits. Agreed. Because I would just be pissed off. There's no reason for that. And for Scotches that need to be aged 12 years, 10 years, I should say minimum, right? The overwhelming majority are 10 plus. Mm -hmm. These bourbons are only aged for a few years. Yeah. There's no reason that they can't be producing in that volume. 100% agree. I mean, it's just silly. But do you think that's why, like, at least in the Northeast, at least... uh, I find a lot of the guys to be drinking a lot more scotch because the availability is still greater than really good bourbons. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know... That's a good point. It's, uh, it's just interesting because if you were to speak to a lot of the guys, they don't mind trying bi- bourbons, mm-hmm. but, uh, especially with cigars because they tend to be slightly sweeter. There aren't many yeah. good ones. No. No, it's so true. I mean, guys I've met that are like really, really serious about bourbon deep down the rabbit hole. These guys all, the way that we have like online groups that we uh, buy and sell cigars on that are a very smaller, you know, limited group, they have that for bourbon. Yeah, and they trade. They do. Yeah. It's it's and crazy, yeah. crazy. And I, and I say that because it shouldn't sound crazy because we do that with cigars, but there's no other spirit that I'm aware of that does that. There is a scotch, a lot of scotch clubs that do that as well. A lot. You can get. I have never encountered a scotch that I can't find. Apparently, there are some extraordinarily rare old scotches. Yeah, the single, the single barrels. I mean, if we're going to spend ten thousand, twenty thousand on a bottle, sure, there's that kind of craziness. That's true. But I mean, for stuff that like most people, you know, would pursue and spend, there is none of that with scotch. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can buy it all on a shelf somewhere at a liquor store, you know, near you, where. The fact that you can't pick up so many of these bourbons that people are literally having to trade and ship this stuff all around the country and even the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a friend who literally has someone he knows in Italy that is, and it's crazy to think, he it, th- this story was so wild. Someone in Italy who has an easier time getting their hand on some like ultra, ultra rare expensive bourbon than he does here on the East Coast of the wow. United States of America and has to pay to go get it there that's and ship crazy. it all the way over here to yeah. him. I mean, that's wild. So what, right. what, what is the mechanism that's doing that? Is it the manufacturer trying to inflate the market here in the States? Do they have some sort it of... It could be licensing agreement. Distribution. Possibly. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't, I don't know, get but it. The thing that's strange to me about the whole thing is just, you know, the manufacturer is just charging a fixed reasonable price, essentially, to everyone who's eventually going to, you know, sell it, right? And distribute it. They're not getting a cut of that 
outrageous you know markup that's being put on these bottles because they're limited and there's such high demand. So I I just don't know like why the manufacturer, why the distiller wouldn't just try to aggressively increase production and just grow their overall pie. Like they're not getting that extra markup. Yeah, that's only benefiting you know the local liquor store or the, the, the distributor. It makes no sense. Un- unless it's regulated or something, or they have some It could kind be. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the bourbon thing in Kentucky is weird. I mean... Well, the one part of it that's problematic for me, these people, retailers should not be able to price gouge. I mean, the fact that, like, I can't believe hearing that some of these bourbon bottles are only $30, $40. Uh, that's the MSRP. Most scotches we drink aren't anywhere near that cheap. Yet, they'll more than double these... Usually. For like ninety dollars a buy, I mean that's just that's crap. They shouldn't be able to do that. You don't see that with Scotch, right? Like a Macallan Twelve now retails for what, like eighty dollars, seventy five bucks. The that's, most, yeah. even if you're in New York City that's or somewhere expensive, dollars. You'll see it yeah. for ninety. Yeah. You're not going to see a Macallan Twelve for double the price. No, anywhere in the United States, mm-hmm. at least, certainly internationally, you will. I have an interesting anecdote that ties to this that just happened to me this past week. So I was transacting some cigars with a guy on one of our groups. And I was just moving some stuff that that I just needed to make space space in my humidor for some of the um, the Cuban customs that we brought back with us that have been in Tupperware. I want to move them in my humidor, so I'm making some room. So I'm I, I did the transaction. I moved some stuff, and he goes, "You know, are are you a flipper of cigars?" I said, "Honestly, no. I this is probably the second or third box I've transacted all year. Like, I just don't do that when I you know I think that speak for all of us. Like when we get something in our humidor, the intention is to smoke it. We keep it. Yeah, yeah, we keep it." And he goes, you know, well, I'll be honest with you. He said, I flip bourbon on the secondary market. He said, I, I buy it real cheap. I sell it for three or four times this. And he said he finances a trip to Aruba every year. Three or four times the price? For his entire family. He finances an entire trip to Aruba for his entire family just by transacting bourbon, you know, in oh his spare goodness. time on the weekends Wow. On 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 some of the groups that he's in. Wow. And it's just like, it's crazy to me that like you're saying, forget the ethics of that. We don't need to to, to distill that down. But it's crazy to me that the manufacturers leave that money on the table. That's the thing. And and again, I actually don't have a problem with individuals doing that. I don't either. Like you can't ever prevent that. That's impossible. That's going to happen in every consumable good in history. If there's demand for it, good for them. Right. The fact that it happens from actual retailers who are authorized to sell this product I mean, there should be some clause that you just I can't. Agree. It reflects poorly on the brand. If they're setting the price at 30 or 40 a bottle, it's for a reason. That's what they think it should be worth, yeah. and that's what they want it to be at so it's accessible for people. And, and if you're a retailer that's going to double or triple the price, there should just be a strict clause. You cannot exceed 30% of the MSRP, essentially, that we set. And I think that would keep it a lot more accessible to more people and just the whole process fair. Now, on the gray market, sure, there'll be individuals who, you know, if you want it now, you'll pay two, three times. But I mean, for an actual retailer, yeah. that's crazy. You stopped your, you stopped yourself from saying it, but it should be regulated. Yeah. It really should be. So why, I mean, what's the reason? I mean, why can't they produce more? Is it shortage of uh, raw material? I mean, there's not enough I rye. can't imagine. There's wheat, rye, corn. I, I can't imagine that anybody's having difficulty getting that. Even if yeah. they're paying a little bit of a premium, clearly the market is willing to bear that extra cost if it's 10, 20%. Like we're talking about a three or four X markup on what the MSRP of these these spirits are. Could it be a shortage on the bourbon barrels? 
That's a great question. I don't know what the me- I, I don't know what's causing it, but no. it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And then you look at the the real extreme end, like a Pappy Van Winkle, which they re- they release so little of it, and the 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 secondary market is like 10x, I think probably what the MSRP is. It's crazy. It's insane. It's crazy. It's like a thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. the only it's reason that this doesn't change is because the overwhelming majority of these bourbon brands, they're owned by right large companies that have a whole portfolio of bourbon brands. Mm. And so for them, it's like, okay, if I'm moving, you know, Bullet and Woodford at an insane rate, I mean, I can't imagine how much in a year gets consumed <laughs> oh, those two brands. Yeah. And so they're like, for these other portfolio brands, like, yeah, we want to move them, but like we have our cash cow. So there's just not the same incentive for them as a manufacturer to like really aggressively ramp up production of that when they're roughly going to be priced ironically similarly even though i think the quality is much higher on like weller and some of these other brands so i think for them it's like why bother yeah yeah so cool story about the actual uh bourbon that we're drinking tonight the 1910 old fine whiskey as they call it from old forester so the name 1910 originates that there was a fire on the bottling line which halted production of old forester on october 22nd 1910 mature whiskey ready to be bottled instead was stored in a secondary barrel. What came from that was a delightful whiskey, I guess just from putting it in the second barrel, changed the flavor a little bit. They realized this after the fire, and that was the origination of 1910. So now, to mimic this, what they call historic bottling, uh, this expression undergoes a second barrel experience before it's it's bottled. So that's the difference. It's a double barrel bourbon now what's funny is i i'm not really tasting anything complex or special about this bourbon like yeah you know you think about some of the scotches that we drink you can really you can taste that sherry cask you can taste that secondary experience you know the barrel experience oh yeah i'm not getting that out of this no are you guys but very drinkable very it's good it's easy to drink and it like i said for me i would slot this in if i was given it at a party in the spring and summer, no problem. I agree. Yeah, to be clear, I don't think it's bad. I'm no. not. I'm not hating this. But to Gizmo's point, it's not overly complex, and yeah, it's, it's not all reasonably that. priced. It's true. Like I guess the best way I can say this: if I were given this blind, after even having it now, right, knowing what this tastes like, I still wouldn't be able to pick it out because it's not distinct enough from other bourbons. Correct. I think this would be another really good mixing bourbon as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, yeah. the price, though, how much is Woodford? Like 30, 30? 36, it's maybe less a bottle expensive 38. than this. Yeah it's, yeah, it's quite a bit less expensive than yeah. this. And bro- Bullet's even less than that. And right? honestly, Woodford yeah. on a rocks. Gr- oh, yeah. I like Woodford. It's oh, pretty yeah. enjoyable. Like Woodford, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. But again, for me, I've really been obsessively thinking about that Weller we had. Oh, yeah. And I actually got a bottle of the more special one coming. Right. The 107 for the podcast. We're going to do that probably in the first quarter of the year. So great. that'll be nice. Awesome. So, boys, we're about halfway through here on the Adventura, the Navigator in Pin Zone. What do you think? I like it. I'm enjoying it. It's just getting better and better. I'm enjoying it. You know, and I'm thinking about where I would slot this in or would I slot this in, and I don't know if I have an answer for that yet at the halfway point. Like, it's not it's, so it's not. Do you mean exciting s- me enough yet. Slotting it in at a sit-down where you're going to have three or four cigars in the evening or just... 
in, in your general. rotation. Okay. Am I going to go and buy more of these? Right. At the halfway point, I don't know if I would. Yeah. You know, this this to me is kind of, you know, where I would put like that Aliva V that we had. And like that's where it kind of would slot is like a pre-Padrone, like sl- slotting right, be- right before okay. a Padrone, probably after a Davidoff mm. of some kind maybe. But I just don't know if I'm going to get more of these. I don't know. We'll see as it uh, progresses past the halfway point. Yeah, I didn't love the first, like the initial. Neither uh, did I. You know, the first third of the cigar. Then it got better. Yeah. And now it's like kind of, I don't know. It's not. It's not great, but it's not bad. So would yeah. I buy more? I don't know. I doubt it. Kind of like it now. I have to say. Yeah, it's a good cigar. I think yeah. it's very serviceable. And and here's I think the point that needs to be made. I understand why we've gotten so many emails about the cigar and why people like it is it's really unique, I think, in its flavor profile. Clearly, that blend of five different tobaccos that are in this, it's very, very, it stands on its own. I just don't know if it's for my palate, you know? Yeah, I mean, the occasion I'm thinking of, I'm I'm not at all convinced that I'll, I'll buy this, but you've heard me say this before. You know, sometimes the utility of when we do these cigars that especially I've never tried and many of us haven't, it's when I'm traveling and I go into a cigar shop and I have to buy there and they don't allow you to bring in your own stuff. If I saw this from the first half of this, would I pick this up and smoke it and not be dissatisfied, be relatively satisfied? Sure. Mm -hmm. Would it slot in my daily rotation yet? No. Well, that's the beauty of what we're doing. We're learning a lot about cigars that we probably never would have tried. So when you're out and about, you find something that you know, it works if you're stuck without a stick. Yeah, I think uh, this would be good for like an outdoor event and you have a lot of guys coming out uh, who want to, mm-hmm. you know, just engage in cigars. For 10 bucks, not a bad uh, I do think there is value here at $10. I, I agree think that's with you. a good event. Like if you're doing one of your uh, your Dude, events, bam. Most of those guys are beginner smokers. They would like this. And yeah. it, I, I would smoke it with them. And it's very unique. Yeah. You know? I just think the wrapper is so like, it's, it feels <laughs> corrosive, really. I don't even know. <laughs> when you say corrosive, what do you no, mean? It's like my fingers are feeling like, you know, the, the veins and... Oh, it's, it's, a bit, too, it's a bit toothy. rough. Yeah. Yeah. Toothy. Very sensitive tonight. <laughs> Today I am. <laughs> His beautiful skin is being it corroded. Is. <laughs> it's being punctured by the wrapper <laughs> of the cigar. Do we have insurance? <laughs> Workman's comp, please. Well, I do have very soft hands. Yes, you do. Very delicate. You use a lot of lotion. <laughs> no. Do you wear a glove after you lotion up? <laughs> I, just, I, I just grew up in India where somebody else did the work. All right. <laughs> So, boys, we have an update on the Fuente Padron Legends Humidor that we talked about, I think it was two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't remember. But, uh, you know, probably the most anticipated release in 2023 for sure. Yeah. Definitely the most anticipated, I would say, of the last few years. In many years. That's my opinion. You know, this collaboration, we talked about it, uh, I think it was last week or the week before for the listener out there. Long story short, it's a celebration of uh, of both patriarchs of the uh, Fuente and Padron families who died uh, respectively in 2016, 2017, and each manufacturer is putting together a Churchill that they're going to release in a combined humidor, 20 of the, the Fuente cigars, 20 of the Padron cigars, each which honor the other's father. So the Fuente cigars honor the, you know, Jose Padron, and the Padron cigars honor Carlito's father, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who was a major part of the Fuente brand 
with Carlito for many, many years. And, you know, so each crazy humidor, as we talked about, it's going to have 20 Churchills uh, of, of each brand. And the retail, as we've heard, Bam, is going to be about 10000 bucks for those 40 cigars. That's what we've heard. So we that hasn't changed. However, it came out this past week that, unfortunately, one of the shipping containers holding these special humidors was extensively damaged on its way from the Dominican Republic to Fuente headquarters in Tampa, Florida. So what that tells me, too, is that Fuente is handling most of the distribution boxing distribution mm-hmm. movement the logistics of these cigars i'm i'm assuming padron is rolling their cigars and and freighting them to uh, fuente's factory in dominican and then they're putting it all together and shipping it here so one of the shipping containers was extensively damaged and apparently now the entire release is delayed until sometime in 2024 oh man so it, it, you know it's a major blow to the folks like us who are, you know, really curious and interested in this release. But what confuses me is that Carlito put out that on Thanksgiving of this year, a couple of weeks ago, that they were shipping to manufacturers. Yeah. So I'm assuming that there's a, or excuse me, that they're shipping to retailers. So I'm assuming that there's a bunch of retailers out there now who have these humidors stuffed in a storage bin somewhere <laughs> in the back that they can't do anything with for now probably three, six, nine months. I mean, who knows how long it's going to take for them to inspect everything that's potentially damaged and if there is anything damaged to be, you know, released. So it's 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 a real bummer. Yeah, it's really bad luck for something that's so anticipated, mm-hmm. really. I'm disappointed because this could have been great luck for consumers. As soon as I heard this, I'm like, 50% off yeah. these scratch and dent boxes. This would be amazing. <laughs> I'll get on a plane and go to that damaged container now. Yeah. See, here's the problem with 50% off, Senator, is you on that episode said your cutoff was 100 bucks a cigar. 50% puts those cigars at 125 uh, That's over your budget. That's right. over your then budget. We're, we're going to need 60 or 70 then. <laughs> so I guess what they're going to, you know, what they're saying here, Fuente is saying that each chest each individual cigar, each portfolio, as they're calling it, simply has to be perfect. In my entire life, I've never encountered a shipping catastrophe the likes of this. This project is about three things. Passion for a shared time-honored craft, family, two families, and integrity, honoring two great men. This project is so much bigger than simply one thing, which is why, again, each element has to be flawless. Also, I guess it has to be flawless if you're charging $250 $250 a cigar. So we'll see what happens, but uh, that's a big blow. I mean, I, you know, when we go to PCA in March, um, I guess we'll see if the uh, the yeah. cigar is ready for release at that but, time. But you know, timing-wise, this was ideal, like right around the holidays, release that. And now that they're going to push it, push it again it might it might be like till the end of next year. It could be. We Who may knows? be lucky and they may release it at PCA. Very well could Possibly. be. Possibly. We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, this is going to put it now, it's about a year delayed, so it'll probably move to close to a year and a half delayed at this point, which is unfortunate. So, boys, what are you getting on the cigar? I've been talking. I'm smoking a lot slower. And like you said, Bam, when I smoke this slower, it's definitely it's, better. It's much better. You know, I've been going a little quick here, and I haven't liked it the past half inch, let's say. So I'll, I'll slow down. Yeah, it, it's extremely sensitive to that because I'm in it the really same is. camp. Like, oh, yeah. I started by saying, like, I realized I need to slow down, and then I was, and it was great. And then as I've been enjoying it more because I was, 
I'm starting to draw more frequently, and now I'm back to okay, it, it's getting the flavors muddled. I need to slow down. So here's a question: Isn't isn't couldn't that be a mark of a fairly complex cigar that it requires time? I think what my fairly, gut fairly complex. My gut, honestly, is the reason why it's reacting negatively when we draw too quickly or you know too frequently is I just think there's a lot of tobacco in it, mm-hmm. and I think it's really densely packed, and I think that. When you pull too much, you know, too quickly, you're going to start to get that tar buildup, especially at the head of the cigar here, at the cut, you know, which this might be like some of those Lanceros we've talked about where it needs a second cut. I don't know yet, but I think that might be some of the bitterness that you're experiencing is there's not a lot of airflow, despite the combustion being Mm -hmm. good there. I don't think there's a lot of airflow going on here, at least in mine. It's hard to believe that the tobacco is aged five years. You know, five years aged tobacco should have. I think it should be smoother. It should. He's be. right. It does not smoke like an aged cigar. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I just wonder if is there a lot of Nicaraguan tobacco or what they have in here just needs a lot more time. But five to six years aged, that's what Padron is putting out in the nineteen twenty six line. Right. You know, as a five year aged cigar, and that's all Nicaraguan. So it's interesting the blend decisions here with that amount of time. You I know, mean, creating something that's a little sharp, to use Bam's word. My guess is that this being a blend of like five different tobaccos yeah. makes it harder for it to fully benefit from the aging process. Where if this was like a Dominican or a Nicaraguan Puro with five years of age, there's no question it would be smooth. I mean, Davidoff, most of them are Dominican Puros, Padron, Nicaraguan Puros, and anything aged at four or five years, we would say is wildly smooth that they make. Sure. So I just think like when you introduce like Indonesian tobacco and Honduran and whatever else is in here, Maybe it's just that tobacco is a lot sharper and just doesn't benefit as quickly from aging as, you know, maybe that Nicaraguan mm-hmm. and, and Dominican tobacco from that soil and just how that whole process works. Isn't, isn't the, f- uh, the filler which kind of drives combustion? Well, it depends. It's, you know, it's uh, certainly it's the binder I, and the filler, right? It's a combo of everything. It's, you know, when, when they're blending this, they're choosing different varietals of the tobacco that have different speeds of, of, of combustion, like we learned from yeah, Danilo that's right. uh, at El Laguito, is, you know, each different part of the tobacco plant and, you know, various components of it just burn Yeah, they have a very different differently. rate of combustion. So exactly. some fil- part of the cigar burns faster, faster than the other. So the way they wrap it, they hope to gain balance. In the burn, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but 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 not perfect balance in the sense that it's true. The, the tobacco that's in the middle of the cigar is intentionally supposed to burn slower, absolutely. Slower, which exactly. is that's why, why you yeah. cone. have that ash. Exactly, yeah, you right. have the cone from that. So right. the outermost part of the cigar needs to burn the fastest, and the further you get to the middle, it's supposed to burn slower. You know, I don't think we sound like adolescent schoolboys. <laughs> we is, sound excited though. This is quite sophisticated conversation for that one listener. That's why I took offense to that. <laughs> A rooster in the connoisseur corner doesn't like oh, to he hear that. Like that. How, oh, no. how many times has, has that listener been to Cuba? That's <laughs> oh. what I'd like to know. Great yeah, question. Really. Great question. <laughs> so, boys, another piece of news, which is a good thing, and we've talked about this, and I, I think, you know, I speak for all of us, this stuff's really important uh, the, the, as far as regulation and legislation around this thing of ours, this thing that we love. Mm-hmm. And there's a recent story that there's a new house proposal aiming to exempt premium cigars from FDA regulations. So now this is a follow-up, of course, to Judge Mehta, who ruled that the FDA was overstepping its bounds 
in trying to regulate premium hand-rolled cigars. So now, you know, there's a legislative effort now to exempt completely from FDA's rule, which obviously if this gets through, Mm -hmm. that would be fantastic. I'm sure it's an uphill battle, but, you know, it's a really good thing. So uh, in the House of Representatives last month, Byron Donalds of South Florida introduced a new bill to exempt premium hand-rolled tobacco from FDA's control, which is very much in line with Judge Mehta. And of course, the FDA is going to, you know, take this to the grave. Sure. They're going to run this for the next 25 years if they have to. And I know Senator could probably speak on this a little more, but, you know, it's, um, it's a good thing to see some of the representatives, you know, presenting legislation to protect this, you know, this thing of ours. It makes absolute sense. And this is something we've discussed for years. When we first heard about this type of legislation, it makes no sense to lump this product with the flavored cigars and all of the other cigars that you can get your hands on. Makes no sense. Definitely. The sad thing, the sad reality is that that bill is never going to pass. It's true. true. It's true. You know, it, and, and I give them credit for introducing it. It's a mm. great messaging bill. It's just making a stand like right. this is important and this is why it should not be treated the same. But is that ever going to get enough votes to not only pass the House, but also pass the Senate? Not a chance in hell. I agree with you. I mean, the percentage of people who care as much as we do about this, I mean, that's tiny. We need to reelect Arnold. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> no. Fortunately, he can't be president because no. uh, he wasn't born in the U.S. That's right? true. So the FDA, as we know, was granted authority to regulate premium cigar business in 2016. In response, of course, the entire industry, uh, namely the uh, Trade Association, the Cigar Association of America, sued uh, the U- USD, uh, FDA significantly, and now it's under appeal after, the, uh, as I said, Judge Mehta ruled in favor of the cigar industry. And what I love is that the proposal for exemption cited the findings of a 2022 study by the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, uh, the acronym is NASEM, pointing out that, quote, premium cigars are used virtually exclusively by adults, premium cigar use is extremely limited, and premium cigar use poses less physical risk than the use of other tobacco products. So, of course, the FDA is angling that children have access to this, that it has the same effects of tobacco that you inhale Mm -hmm. or that you put in your lip, you know, that are are quite, for the entire experience, sitting inside your body in some way. Obviously, with what we do, that's not the case. What I love is that uh, I want to list this out because I don't think we've done it. So to be classified as premium in order to qualify for exemption, it has to be wrapped in whole tobacco leaf, contain 100% leaf tobacco binder, contain at least 50% long filler tobacco, which obviously everything that we smoke on this podcast, That's true. we smoke uh, you know, in, in this lifestyle of ours, mm-hmm. is all long filler, premium hand-rolled stuff, is handmade or hand-rolled, meaning that absolutely no machinery was used apart from very simple tools such as scissors or something, has no filter, non-tobacco tip or non-tobacco mouthpiece. So the uh, the Philly blunts that you love, Bam, those are uh, unfortunately not included make sure, here. Can you make sure they're blueberry, please? <laughs> they do not oh, have... Oh, wait. The, the, the plastic tip has to be white. <laughs> it does not have a characterizing flavor other than tobacco, so I want to hold that one for a second. Contains only tobacco water and vegetable gum, obviously vegetable gum using to to seal the wrapper and the cap and whatnot, and weighing no more, uh, excuse me, weighing more than six pounds, 
per 1,000 units. So let's go back to one of these, which I think we've discussed on the podcast before. Senator um, kind of detailed some of the stuff that the Cigar Association of America was talking about with mm-hmm. flavored cigars. So one of the <clears throat> characteristics here is it does not have a flavor other than tobacco. So that is where the flavored cigars from Acid, you yep. know, some of the other cigars out there that are very popular. You, you joked about Blueberry. But those are all, those coffee. are all, they're all machine-made cigars. All of those flavored cigars are machine-made, the majority of them, especially the lower-level states. Is Acid a premium hand-rolled product? I believe it is. Correct? It is hand-rolled, but the other cigars, like the Philly Blunt and all that, those are of machine Of course. Yeah. So let's exclude the gas station stuff, but there are some cigars yeah, you're like right. the Acids you're that, right. that are, you know, long filler. Every other characterization that we just listed here you know, is the case, but there is added flavor into it to, to give that smoker what they want. So, that is still a target. But that's not outside of this. That's not, that's not done so that the kids, they're not really going after the kids, right? I mean, that's still for adults who yeah. like a flavored cigar. Yeah. Now, I will say that I think doesn't the manufacturer, don't they all have to start towing the line and create a distinction in their product? If they're going to make a flavored cigar, it's, they can't call it a premium cigar. They just can't. And they shouldn't. I think the way that Drew Estate and Senator can talk about this, I let's just focus on yeah, Drew Estate with the sure. acid cigars. I think the way that they view that, because I've experienced this with friends of mine, is it's a good entry product into what we do. Yeah, that's true. So I have a friend, a very specific friend I'm thinking of who now listens to the podcast, purchases cigars that we smoke, enjoy it. He started with acid. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like his journeying into understanding what premium tobacco tasted like with a little added flavor and then kind of like you know, a lot of coffee drinkers start mm-hmm. with cream and sugar and they yeah. start to they work their way down to gra- just yeah. drinking coffee black. Right. So I, I think that's the way Drew Estate has approached it. But unfortunately, the FDA looks at that as a big red mark. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everything Gizmo said is 100% accurate. And, and the reality is, you know, at the end of the day, if the product is designed only for adult consumption which as much as I don't personally like acid cigars, they are designed for adult consumption. They're not marketing them to children. And I, I actually really like the coffee analogy in the sense that like it's an entry point. I mean, I've met countless people whose first cigar was an acid cigar. And you know, I look sometimes when I'm in a cigar lounge and I see women smoking a cigar and half of them sometimes I see with like an acid blondie or something that's going to be like light and sweet and just like they want the same enjoyment. They they want to sit there and have conversation and enjoy a smoke and relax, but they're not used to, you know, the strength of flavor that we enjoy at this point in our journey. And so as much as I don't particularly care about or care for the product itself, you know, who's the government to say that an adult can't make that decision and, and have that product? And that's, I think, what it comes down to. In my conversation with uh, David uh, Osgob, who's the CEO at, at CAA, I mean, that's their point. It's just like, if, if we're to accept that government can tell someone that a grown adult can choose to smoke a flavored cigar that is only marketed for that adult, then why wouldn't they be able to regulate us and prevent us from smoking these that we do like? And yeah. that's the slippery slope argument that becomes really problematic. And that conversation is what made me even come around because I never cared really about what happened with flavored cigars because I don't smoke them. But if they can do that with flavored cigars, then mm-hmm. why can't they do it with anything that we like? Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, another slippery slope too, Rooster, I'm, I'm looking at you. Obviously, around the holidays, you love to smoke a pipe. And a, and a lot of pipe tobacco 
it's flavored. You know, it's flavored. And, and yeah. we know a lot of the guys at our lounge at 1086. And we all love the aroma. And we love the aroma. And they really enjoy that as a companion piece to their, their regular cigar. Maybe it's something different or it, it requires a little less time. Is that the next step that we're going to band? You know, we're going to ban uh, tobacco for pipes? I also, by the way, your coffee analogy, I'm the next time I meet with the CAA folks, I want them to start using this. I mean, the reason I say this, just think about this, apply this to kids. You got to give him credit. I just did. You better give the CAA guys credit. That's gizmo. No, no, <laughs> it, it's it, it's brilliant. But but here here's why, right? I want to connect this back. You were just talking about flavored uh, pipe tobacco. Yeah. And I want to go back to the coffee analogy. I mean, think of how silly this is. Everybody would say that little children should not be drinking coffee and having a lot of caffeine, right? No one is giving a 10-year-old coffee. No. Right? And so coffee is marketed toward adults. But there are kids, of course, who try to have coffee. Sure. So are we going to say that we should ban flavored coffee? Now, yeah. again, I don't consume much flavored coffee, but there's nothing wrong with grown adults having a French vanilla roast or a hazelnut yeah. roast or all these different flavored coffees. Or, or forget, forget all that, loading up with sugar. Right. Yeah. My stepson works at Starbucks. He comes home and sometimes will tell us some of the orders that come through. Like people will order like a like a like a frappuccino with like nineteen pumps those of syrup. That beverage is over a thousand calories. And with the at, like, it's crazy yeah. with these people. It's add insane. To it. So right. maybe it is a better Which I would argue than I even is thought. More dangerous than any cigar than of course it is. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Dude, also some of the energy drinks that kids are yes. into. Oh, it's awful. But there's a lot of caffeine in them. And and soda. You know, the, the teens love going to Quick Check and Seven Eleven, getting the big gulp. Yeah. You know, that's why the operative thing from a regulatory standpoint. We're not sitting here saying nothing should be regulated. Obviously, there is a purpose to some regulation. The point is, it shouldn't be marketed toward children. And as long as it is marketed toward adults. Adults should be able to choose whatever they want. Yeah, and it, it, the onus is on the retailer to make sure that they're not selling to minors. That's right. Exactly. Honestly, exactly. That's where that's where the that's where the line gets crossed. And I think you know, I, I've personally I've been in a lot of cigar shops. I know we all have. Have you guys ever seen a child in there? Have you guys ever seen a 20-year-old in there? <laughs> no. No. A 25-year-old even. I mean, well, it's just- outside of myself at uh, 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a little different, but I mean, it was it's just not part of our culture. 16. <laughs> it's not part of our culture. You know, it's like, uh, I just think about, you know, it, it, the way your taste buds develop moving from adolescence into young adulthood into adulthood, I don't even think you can appreciate black coffee or a cigar until your brain is fully developed, your your palate is fully developed, mm -hmm. where you're not walking into the into the grocery aisle looking to pick up candy bars on the way out. I mean, it it you have to be a little older to do that. I just don't think that what we do here is falls under that same thing. Not at all. You know, which is unfortunate. So what's nice too, I was just reading that it has bipartisan support. There's five Democrats, five Republicans who are into this bill. So we'll see if it passes. I doubt it will, like you said, Senator, mm -hmm. but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But hopefully, you know, the push keeps happening that the FDA has overstepped its bounds. And I, I'll i be honest, I think it has better things to do than worry about what adult men and women are smoking in the privacy of their own lounges or homes or garages like we're in tonight, whatever it may be, you know. So, boys, we're into the last third here of the Adventura, the Navigator in Pinzon, the Robusto. I got to say, we're about an hour five into this episode tonight. Yeah. I feel like this Robusto has smoked pretty slowly. Yeah, for 10 bucks. For 10 bucks. I think it goes to your point. You said there's a lot of tobacco in this cigar, yeah. which 
again, at a $10 price point, I'm sure the temptation for them was to not really pack this all that much, right? That would be better for their business. They clearly have, and they've delivered a, a pretty complete smoking experience, which I appreciate. And again, the construction, I mean, I've looked at everybody's cigar all the way through flawless. Yes, agreed. And it kind of forces you to smoke slow. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think my draw has a little bit of resistance, which I think is good too. That helps. You know, which which helps, you know, if it's a wide open Robusto, you're going to blow through this thing in 45 minutes. And it won't be good. Exactly. No. And I mean, the Oliva V. Lancero, which we've raved about, and I know so many listeners have emailed, by the way, I don't know if I told you guys this, told you guys this, so many listeners have emailed saying the Oliva V. Lancero has been a revelation for It them, is a revelation, yeah. Like it has for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But for a Lancero, that cigar smokes pretty quickly for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably an hour, hour five for me when I smoke that Lancero, which compared to, let's say, the Millennium Lancero from Davidoff or some of the others that I smoke, they, they last a little longer. Right. But for five bucks or eight bucks or whatever you get it for. Oh, it's delicious. It's an incredible value. So it's, it's nice that this $10 Robusto is giving us quite a bit of time value tonight, which I think is important, you know. So speaking of value... I wanted to bring this up because Rooster's here, and he's a little hot tonight, so this is a good one. <laughs> so Rocky Patel has now shipped a $100 cigar to I'm retailers. Out. That's a great value. <laughs> His newest brand <laughs> I'm still out. is called Conviction, and it comes with a price tag of $100 per cigar. Of course, it's presented in extraordinary packaging, and he says it's made with the oldest tobaccos that he's ever put in a cigar. All of the leaves are grown on his own farms in Nicaragua, including stuff going all the way, you know, 10 years back. It's got his oldest filler from both of his farms in it. It's a 52 ring gauge cigar by six and a half inches, 10 cigars per box, 100 bucks per cigar. That is crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, Rocky Patel is known for budget cigars. Mm -hmm. That's what his whole portfolio is all about right so for, so for him to come out with a hundred dollar cigar not even a padron comes out with that you know maybe yeah. until now yeah that's a know, fuente I mean, collaboration that's, though right. i think that's and on they, they side, have nothing yeah. i mean their their top cigar is like 50, 50 bucks 50 bucks yeah so for rocky to come out with that i mean it's 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 a little absurd i mean unless it it's really like it's an incredible smoke i mean i i kind of doubt that I would just love to meet the person that's going to go out and buy that cigar. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. If you're going to spend $100 on a cigar, Pagoda, I would almost pay <laughs> just to meet the I'm person just asking. that <laughs> says, you know where I'm going to spend $100 on a cigar on a Rocky Patel? It just doesn't make sense. Exactly. I'm to support my Indian brother, buddy. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm with you, bro. So here's, I think you know, 20 bucks each, we'll get one cigar. <laughs> you know, uh, can you pass it down, please? <laughs> we'll one and pass. Everybody take a puff and we'll pass it around. Yeah, you know, to Rooster's point, though, it's like, you know, Rocky, the ALR, I forget what the price on that was. I think it was 18 bucks or yeah, something like bucks. that. Mm-hmm. that. To me, that's kind of the higher end of his range. To, to put that at a 5X multiple, like you're saying, for 10 years age tobacco, which by the way, let's just point out again, we go back to Padron all the time, Family Reserve is 10 years age uh, Nicaraguan tobacco, not $100, it's closer to 30. How do you go from an 18 or $20 cigar to 100? Yeah, I think, makes no damn sense. I think to me. the point Rooster's making that it's a little suspect because Padron has many, many years of experience putting out aged cigars. Yeah. Rocky doesn't. Well, it's also probably about marketing and packaging you know the packaging is probably worth like half the price of that 
Uh, Please don't worry. It'll be sold for 75% off. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand his mentality. Why not put out a cigar at $50 and in a couple of years, like start to ramp up what your brand exactly perception right. is? Yeah. Why jump Build to 100? Build up to it. Yeah. yeah is it just over time. Is it a reaction to the market? Is it a reaction, like we talked about with the Fuente Padron thing a couple of weeks ago? Is it a reaction to what the Cuban pricing has done or you know global pricing has done that it's like oh there's an opportunity here you know for me to put out something super premium that's still a discount versus what you pay for yeah. a high-end cohiba you know it's, exactly it maybe makes he's no looking, sense maybe he's looking at the cohiba market and saying like well if they can charge like 150 dollars for a cigar why can't i do the same thing i mean but you know yeah i think the hard thing i mean it goes back you got to know your customer right anybody who's buying an expensive cohiba cigar is 99% are not smoking any Rocky Patel cigars. Right. No, never. Of course. By the way, I don't think I've ever seen anyone at our lounge smoking a Rocky Patel. Same. Even the LR. Honestly, I go to a lot of lounges. I never see a Rocky smoked. Yeah. I haven't in a very long time. You know, and, and he's notorious for being, you know, he's a, clearly, you know, Pagoda and I were talking about this the other night with, with some folks at our lounge. Like, he's a high volume. I mean, he's he owns a significant percentage of the u.s market by volume and i think dollars but it's a lower it's the lower end of the market it's a good business model stick to it of right course. just stay with that model yeah so to see to see a hundred dollar cigar come you know coming out it makes absolutely no sense to me no sense at all can we talk more about where to smoke these cigars <laughs> <laughs> no i say that because so bam mentioned arnold's name earlier yeah i don't think we've discussed this but you saw the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, oh, yeah. interview with Marvin Schenken and Cigar oh. Aficionado. I, I personally think Marvin Schenken is not a good interviewer. He's he, the worst interviewer of all time. Right. He's riveting. I mean, the Michael <laughs> Jordan interview, that that is literally had the potential to be one of the greatest interviews of all time. Missed and opportunity. It was a complete dud. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to go about probing on things that are going to be interesting. The Arnold interview, what I will say, I'll give credit, there were a few moments actually that I thought were really interesting, but we were just having the conversation about, I mean, we're sitting here smoking in a garage, right? We, we, we're big proponents of garage smoking. My favorite story from the whole interview was when Arnold was governor of California, he would go to the Capitol very often there in Sacramento to meet with all these lawmakers, right? Trying to get legislation past the Hill sign. And for a guy who's a cigar smoker like him, what better way to have conversation and bridge this divide than over cigars? So he was told very sternly, does not matter that you're the governor of California. You cannot smoke cigars inside the Capitol here. Wow. <laughs> so what he did so cleverly, this was publicized, by the way. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He had his team look into the law, and it's a certain number of feet from the Capitol. I think it was 25 or 50 feet or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Or 100 feet or yep. something. That you have, it might have been 30, 30 for some reason sticks in my head. So if you're saying 25 to 50, maybe it's 30. 30 feet from the building that you could smoke. So he had people build a tent. That's right. <laughs> however many feet from the Capitol that became his like office essentially when he was there at the his Capitol. mobile lounge. I mean, it's <laughs> he unbelievable. Had a desk. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and there are, there's photographs of all this when he would meet with legislators there and light up cigars and negotiate over legislation. And Arnold in the interview, he says, he said it was game changing. He's like, I would have people on both sides of the aisle sitting there next to me, <laughs> smoking cigars, and we could just get down to it. What can we agree on? to make this work and it was just such an amazing story to me so it's like 
you know, you got to love the garage setup works. You can build your own tent and enjoy cigars in them. We saw the other day there was an article about a truly mobile cigar lounge that's basically like one of these big buses or like RVs that they've like retrofitted into a cigar lounge. Brilliant. That you can hire to come to like an event where let's say you have a significant number of people who don't want to be around cigar smoke, don't want to smoke cigars. That was our idea. <laughs> well, our is in uh, Rooster and Bam. That's right. Yeah. About 10 years ago. <laughs> we had many ideas. <laughs> Never executed. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a brilliant model to like hire something like that to come out to an event, especially if you think of like these events, like you're cooped up indoors in like a big convention center. Obviously, you can't smoke there. Mm-hmm. And imagine for people who want to have a yeah. cigar, if you could just kind of dip out and go into this mobile cigar lounge, enjoy a cigar. I thought it was a brilliant idea. And it seems I would, their business is doing I would well. love it too because, you know, when I go to a concert, I, I'll give you an example. I went to the Metallica concert at MetLife, which was a Friday, Sunday. You know, everything their Metallica is doing was two shows this past year and I think next year. But anyway... It was at MetLife Stadium. Obviously, I went with a bunch of my friends. A, a lot of us smoked cigars. And it was it, it would have been amazing to have something like this where in the MetLife parking lot, that's what they do at concerts, at sporting events, Jets game, Giants game, whatever. They pull up. You rent it. You know, you can go in, smoke some cigars with your friends, hang yeah. out. Like, to me, it's the ultimate tailgating experience. Totally agree, dude. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it's unbelievable that that's an, that's an option. It's called Smoke and Mirrors. RVIP, by the mm-hmm. way. And they're Smokes out of- Smokes and Mirrors. They're in New Jersey somewhere. I don't Atlantic know where. Atlantic City, I believe. Somewhere in, in New Jersey, but they'll go to like, you know, the stadiums or wherever. They'll go yeah. to your house and pull on the street if you want. But to your point, I mean, that to me is, I'm not a guy who goes to a, a Jets game or a Giants game or an Eagles game, in my case, and tailgates. That's not what I do. But if there was a mobile cigar lounge where I could have a few cigars before the game, enjoy the game come out after the game, have a couple more cigars. That's heavenly yeah, to me. Yeah, and as a Jets fan, I wouldn't leave that van. <laughs> What's the point Just of watching the, the van. game? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, There's no football that day for me. No. <laughs> Not so, at all. So, guess, your parents have an RV. Yeah. So... I don't, think, uh, I don't think. Uh, let's, well, let's I don't think. Let's trick it convert, out. Convert I, I don't that, think. I don't convert think that into a lounge. I don't think Mom Dukes is going to go for that. One. <laughs> you know what? Though I'll give her. I'll give her, you, you can have her phone number. You can call her and, and see what you can get done. Good luck with that. But to your point, Senator, I I think that you know in our lounge experience is is a good example of this, right? This thing of ours, as we always say, this you know this thing that we love, this lifestyle. How many impactful, interesting conversations where our perspective has changed. You know, where you're sitting with folks who this common denominator is the cigar in your hand who maybe has a different viewpoint than you do on an issue, political or not, forgetting even politics in in Arnold's case, as you brought up. But think about how many times you've sat down with someone and had a really memorable, impactful conversation over a cigar that changed your point of view. It's like, it's perfect for, you know, with what Arnold said that, he had this tent that allowed him to get things done because of the shared enjoyment of the cigar. Yeah. For sure. Which is the nature of oh, yeah. what we're doing. And we've talked about this a lot. You know, the the combustion of a cigar, for me, it creates this relaxing environment. It just just melts away. And when you have that discussion with, with, with another person, regardless of what the topic is, it just the discussion flows beautifully. Yeah, the other Very thing, nice. it's like, you know, this is what's also common in all this. You know, a cigar takes time to consume. And how many times have 
people been in a conversation where they don't like what they're hearing and they just get up and leave. Yeah. Right. They have 15 minutes of conversation. I disagree. Okay. I'm out of here. You can't, you're not going to put down a good cigar. No. You're going to spend at least an hour with that cigar. And you think of like some of the more contentious conversations that you can have with a person, obviously negotiating policy and, and, you know, in a political context, as contentious as as it can arguably get. In California. In California. (laughs) You're going to finish that cigar and you're forced to really sit there and talk it all through. And that, uh, there's brilliance to that. Yep. Arnold. We love you. <laughs> I also, that that mobile cigar thing, I, I at some point, I, I really hope, they, I hope they're at like, there's no reason, I guess, to be at PCA, but I want to see this thing in action. <laughs> it's called Smoke and Mirrors. I have nothing but love for their business. And you even think of some of the utility, like I'm looking at what they say, sports events, we obviously talked about, that's a great utility for Concerts. It. Concerts. Golf. Golf. Yeah. Golf weddings. Yeah. It says weddings. Yes. And the funny thing I'm yes. thinking about, I'm like, you know, I, got I, I would miss the ceremony. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's smart because like I would miss a jet skate. <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking. I about, think it'd be great for Indian weddings where you're not allowed to drink, and every everybody in India on the wedding day goes out by the parking lot yeah. and drinks out of the back of the car. <laughs> they they load up their cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> wow. So you get one of these. Is that a real thing? Every, oh, it is. Absolutely. It is. Every yeah. every single car, like they open the trunk and it's yeah. like a full bar, and, and all the men are hanging all out the guys there. Are outside. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Imagine adding cigars to that. Oh, you even think about weddings like i was thinking about i'm like that wouldn't really help in my case my wedding it was obviously indoors but there was an outdoor component and we were able to all smoke freely thankfully on the grounds there but let's say it rained yeah yeah i would have been screwed having something like this i absolutely would have called if i saw the weather forecast a few days before would have had that mobile RV there in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just such great utility for this. So I would love to see this in action. I, I think the key component too to this for me is weather. You know, it, 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 like you're saying, if it rained, but if it's in the summer, you're going to a concert or something, it's 80, 90, 100 degrees outside. You go into this air conditioned. Yeah, think of Vegas. I, I mean, mean, it's 100 yes. and something degrees in the summer. It could be yeah. like 105, 110. Unbearable. No one wants to stand outside and do that. No. Yeah, it's a really, really good idea. So we yeah. support this. So Smoke and Mirrors, RVIP, check it out, especially if you're in, in the Northeast. I think they travel quite a bit. They'll, they'll drive to wherever you are. Um, it's a great business model. Do they have multiple RVs? I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure. They present as if they're pretty busy. So yeah. they very well may. But I think we might have to do this. We might have to do a concert or something at, you know, in the summer or something, and, and have these guys come out and. Yeah, it says city to city, state to state. You call us, we show up. Wow, sounds like awesome. they'll go anywhere. Wow. So speaking of going anywhere, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I have to say it because it's been again a, a, another iteration of a real incredible revelation to me is wonder is back so we've talked about this in the past wonder is a is an amazing restaurant business model where they license you know i think it's 15 or some odd restaurants really really high-end restaurants recipes chefs come in train their people on what to do they used to show up at least in our area here in in new jersey and new york they used to show up in a sprinter van and, and whatever you ordered on the app they would cook outside of your home your parking lot whatever it may be in a sprinter van that model didn't work. We got really depressed. It's coming up on a year, by the way, since they stopped doing it. I think it was January of, of 23 here. It worked well, though. It worked really well. But now they have iterated again, 
and they have open brick and mortar locations in the city. Some of us, for the record, held out hope, and some you of us did. did I got to give you credit. I, I was a little negative, Nancy, here on this <laughs> one, but it could only get better. That was my premise, and it has. So they opened a location near our lounge. It's about a mile and a half away from 1086 Lounge in Hawthorne. They opened in Midland Park, and I have ordered there maybe six times in the last seven times in the last two weeks. It is unbelievable to get a Bobby Flay steak and the sides for 45 bucks, sit at our lounge, smoke a cigar, drink whatever we want, wine, you know, bourbon, scotch, whatever it may be. And it just enhances this experience of ours. Yeah, it's a brilliant business model. It's just brilliant to be able to access all that food from one location, right? That's the thing. I, there's it's like nuts. two big differentiators because I feel like if, you, if you're not familiar with Wonder, you sit there and say, well, what's so different about ordering takeout from a thousand other restaurants oh, that are near me? This is different. The, the two things, number one, as Ben was saying, and, and Giz, to have 15 different cuisines and restaurants in one place. I think Pagoda and I were chatting the other day, and he's like, you know, you think about your kids, and they always want different things from different places, and yeah. you're kind of battling to figure out how to, you know, find a happy medium. You don't have to worry about that with wonder. I mean, one kid can want Italian, the other kid can want you know, Mediterranean and you're going to get it all. Chicken tenders and fries. Yeah. Right, chicken yeah. tenders. And you're going to get it all Yeah, in one place, pick up, done. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. And the other thing is, huge. you know, there's always, everybody would agree, there's a huge distinction between going to a restaurant and getting a restaurant quality meal at a restaurant and getting takeout. Takeout never lives up to a restaurant quality meal. And I think Wonder has done the best job of delivering restaurant quality food for takeout. I mean, you get a steak there. If you put that on a plate, you'd think that you either had to have cooked that in your own home or somehow got that from like a really nice high-end steakhouse. Like just every little detail they do, I think, really well. They do. And I, I think the other distinction too is the price. You know, for me, I order a 10-ounce filet from the Bobby Flay Steakhouse. I'm able to order sides from the other various Forget restaurants. Forget sides. Start with the steak. Just the steak. I mean, it's incredible. It's $32. 32 bucks <laughs> for a 10-ounce filet. And it's, it's cooked perfectly every it's time. Any steakhouse, that's going to be $50 to $65 yeah, for that absolutely. same 10-ounce steak. Yep. And the quality is what you'd get at another steakhouse. It's not dry-aged. So that let's separate what you'd get at a dry-aged place. You know, that that's another you know distinguishing factor, I think, on the quality of a steak. But it's unbelievable to get what you get at the price and then to be able to mix and match as we're talking about ordering sides from other restaurants to put together a meal for 45 or 50 bucks that at a place where you're sitting down, you can't smoke cigars. You're adding on the cost of alcohol, yeah. wine or whatever you're, you're drinking. It's a third, maybe even a quarter of the price of what you're paying to, to not be able to smoke a cigar along with it. Yep. You know, so it, it's it's been a real revelation, and the guys at the lounge are freaking out because yeah, it's, it's, it's everybody's uni- ordering it. It's so unique, right? To get that, like I said, the, what's most compelling for me is to be able to mix and match yeah. from multiple restaurants. Yeah, one order, it's, you cover everybody it's in the house. Insane. You can get and, barbecue, and, steaks, uh, pizza, everything. And sorry, the other thing I should have mentioned: it's not just that it's so many different restaurants and different cuisines. They're really well-known, like famous restaurants that you'd have to go travel to that city to go and experience. And good luck getting a reservation. Correct. That's true. Right, like there's a place we were talking about, um, there's a place Maidan on there. That is a Michelin star restaurant in D.C. I'm in D.C. a lot, so I've eaten there. The food's unbelievable. But 
if you don't live in DC and you want that experience to be able to literally get that in New Jersey or some other state, that's an incredible thing. There's so many places on there like that, which is awesome. And they license basically their recipes to wonder to replicate that for other people. Yeah. And they do they do a great job. Yeah, the yeah. execution's excellent. Yeah, the can, yeah. it's so consistent. Yeah. Every time I've ordered, it's perfect every time. And, and the value is just excellent. It's going to be so easy for Bam because uh, as as we know, he tends to eat three meals at a time. <laughs> <laughs> he can order from three restaurants at the same time. You're not wrong, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong. So, boys, we're coming to the end of our evening here with the Adventura, the Navigator in Pinzone, and the Old Forester, 1910. What are you guys thinking on the pairing, on either, on both? What do you think? I've enjoyed the pairing, actually. It's really interesting. Uh, um, I don't know. The average rating may be uh, different, but uh, overall, I think it's worked for me. It's, uh, I'm not sure whether I'll go and buy either of the two, but uh, it's kind of worked. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Is like yeah. I, I'm interested to see where the ratings end up because I haven't found anything in, in, in either of, of, of our pairing tonight that is going to make me want to go out and buy them. But you it know? worked. It worked. It was a great experience. I understand why people like both, mm-hmm. for, but for my palate, neither of the two have, have really done it for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, if somebody gave it to you, you'll smoke it. Yeah. You know, or like yeah, there's nothing else, you would pick it up and have it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It's good. The same with the old Forester. That's why I think like when Pagoda says the pairing really worked, I, I think it does. Like they're neither, there's nothing offensive to me at least about either of them there's nothing spectacular about either of them but you know for just an average night you you don't have access to a whole lot and you just want a bourbon and a cigar would i be fine having these sure yep i mean more and more where the cuban prices are going you're always looking for something well that's that's true something you know it's funny you say satisfaction out of a new world cigar standing in front of my tower looking for a cigar to pick for tonight your your unlit tower, by the my, way. Uh, yeah, I don't. We have just my, learned this today, oh, Gizmo. Brother. You oh missed my this. God. Could we avoid? What? He has not put the LED <laughs> lights in. Oh, we need to talk about this. Time. We need God. to talk about this. Okay, come we on. Do? You don't have. <laughs> the, all right, hold on. We got to end the year. We started the year with the Bam Bam and Accountability Hour. So let's continue. This the is hammer. the final episode <laughs> of 2023. And I'm just learning that you don't have the LED lights he's in your got tower. A, he's got a flashlight on top Takes of the tower. Takes five minutes to put them oh. in. Pagoda, it's embarrassing. You know, uh, Pagoda, I'm gonna. I need to have a discussion with you on the side. I'm just too nice. <laughs> I offer too much information. I got to keep stuff to <laughs> I myself. Mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I do agree with that. All right, what am I so doing? <laughs> how long would it take you to put the lights in? About twenty minutes. Less. And yeah, you haven't less. found any time in the last 52 weeks. <laughs> That's great. I haven't. Honestly, I haven't thought about it. The room that it's in, it's really well lit. Um, I have no issues. Although I looked at your tower when you opened that door. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you, Bam. So I, I got I to get to it. You got to get to it. I got to get to it. It changes. Yeah. Here's what I'll say about the lighting. It changes the container that your cigars are in from just a piece of wood or a storage container. It turns it into a piece of furniture. Well, everything's illuminated in it there. It turns yeah. it into something that, for me, Mrs. Gizmo comes in and goes, you know what? That looks really nice. Like she's, It does. She's really does. impressed by it. Yeah. So it reduces the amount of painful conversation that we have when yes. I buy cigars because I'm like, look at how good it looks. Can I get to my point, though? <laughs> I was avoiding... not. I tried to not to avoid... I try to avoid going for as many of my cigar inventories as I want now. Because of the price. Yeah, same but, here. Yeah, I go from more New Worlds recently, and occasionally I'll grab a, a Cuban. Is it because you can't find them? 
Because it's so dark? <laughs> no. No, I mean, I'm doing the same thing, Bam. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why the Oliva V. Lancero at the rating that we gave it oh, was, dude. I mean, that's entered, I think, all of our daily rotation. Absolutely. I think I've seen Absolutely. each of us yeah. smoking that three, four times a that's week right. at least. That's right. Like, that is a regular rotation yeah. cigar for five bucks. Yep. It points to your, you know, th yep. that's to yep. your point. It's like the value is just yeah. unbeatable. And for me, I was telling you guys the other day, I think I was telling, I think it was Pagoda and Senator at the lounge. I'm just when I look at my my collection, my D4s, even Monty twos, I'm just reaching for them less. Where I used to reach for them on the daily basis, mm -hmm. it's now the cost of replacing those it's cigars true. and finding them. It's totally changed. Yeah, and you know? The, the you know the moral of the story: this cigar does have utility. It does. Yeah, at least the ten bucks. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, boys, it's time to do the formal liquor rating on the Old Forester 1910. Bam, bam, you're up. So I'm going to give this a seven. Uh, I liked it. You know, I didn't like it at first, but it grew on me. Yeah. Okay. Pagoda. Seven for me as well. I'm not a, as you know, I'm not a very typical bourbon drinker as well, but I think it's very serviceable and yeah, very drinkable. So for me, I'm giving this a six. Mm -hmm. I've not been impressed at all. I, I don't think it has any legs for me. Mm -hmm. I think the price is unreasonable for what it gives me. Um, I didn't put that much ice in it. I, I, it just, it was not for me. I was not impressed at all. Senator. I'm with pagoda and bam and that i'm going to give it a seven and the the biggest factor for me why i would drink it again i'm not going to pursue it aggressively but i you know if someone poured me this i would happily have it sure because it is on the drier side of bourbons sure and why i don't pursue bourbon all that often is because they're usually very sweet which yeah. is just not my palate i think they're overtly a, sweet exactly yeah yeah and so I really liked in this the like woody notes and it, it wasn't, you know, the funny thing is I say I like the woody notes in this, but there are some bourbons I've had where it's like so aggressively woody mm -hmm. and earthy that it's almost unrecognizable as being a bourbon and that yeah. I actually don't enjoy. So I think it's really well balanced for what it is. Um, I can't imagine drinking this neat. It definitely needed ice. Oh, yeah. And I don't disagree with Gizmo that, you know, there's not a ton of body here, but you know, for even as much ice as I've had, if you look at when I move the little bit of the spirit that's left in this glass, a little bit of light. There's viscousness. Yeah. To, there, there's some viscosity. I think it, you see it in the glass, though. I don't think you get it on the palate. On the palate, it's light. It's very light. Yeah, but you know, look. I think the word balance does make sense here because on the finish, I get that earthy, smoky finish, which I love. On the front, for this, for me, I did get a little floral, which pretty good balance. Soft recommend seven. Yeah. yeah. So, boys, the formal liquor rating on the Old Forester 1910 is a 6.8, which is really 30 points less than the Weller we referenced earlier. So, oh, yeah. you know, we gave that almost close to a 10. Yeah, that was great. And that, you know, its MSRP is, what, 40% less than this? You know? How much was that bottle? Well, on the MSRP, I think it's a 30 or $35 bottle. Yeah, this was like 49 and change. Yeah. Wow. All right, boys, it's time to do the formal lizard rating of the Adventura, the Navigator in Peen Zone. Rooster, you're up. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't really like the first, like the beginning of the cigar. It was hard to pick out the notes. And even, like, later on, like halfway through, um, you guys were saying you're getting some mocha and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's like a sweet chocolate coffee note that I was getting. It wasn't really, really pronounced, and I kind of felt like in the last third that kind of dissipated. For me. Mm. So I, I couldn't really pick out like distingu uh, distinguished notes out of this cigar. So I'm at a seven. Okay. Senator. 
I'm also at a seven. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I mentioned before when Pagoda said he liked the pairing and I'm in the same boat. I think they're both a seven. And it's a seven because would I smoke it again? Yes. There was nothing offensive to me in this cigar. Even when I was confused like Rooster in the very beginning of just not getting any particular flavor notes, it got better and it opened up. And I did like the uh, kind of cocoa coffee notes that were prevalent through most of it. I wish all of it. Um, but to Gizmo's question earlier, of like where would this slot in? It, it doesn't crack my rotation because for those notes, there are cigars that deliver those far better than this cigar does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why it also though, you know, why I give it some, why I'm lenient with it is $10 is a phenomenal price point. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, the cigars that I'm saying beat it for those flavor notes, right? We're talking about like a Davidoff Millennium and the cocoa notes I get, and that's like a $28 cigar. We're talking about a Padron Exclusivo, and that's like a $15 cigar. So I have to give it credit for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. It delivers a an enjoyable experience, just not enjoyable enough to crack my rotation or something that I would pursue outside of being in a cigar shop, having to buy. And if I saw that and not one of my usual suspects, I would pick that up. So I'm in the same place. I don't need to you know, reiterate what you guys just said. It's a seven all day for me. Mm-hmm. I thought the cigar was interesting. I, I I thought it was a little muddled in the fact that we couldn't pick out those distinct flavor notes. I do like the fact that it was $10. I think if it was 15 or 20, my rating would be significantly less. Oh, Factoring yeah. in value oh, there, yeah. you know, it, it's like I have to factor in value versus the, the cigar we had. I do like the amount of tobacco in it. I like the length of the smoke. I thought the combustion was very good. For even having a resistant draw on a Robusta like that, which is a little unusual for non-Cuban New World cigars, you know, to have a resistant draw, to have the kind of combustion that we did where we didn't have to fight it, and the time value of it for ten bucks—that's why I'm definitely at a seven. Yeah. I don't. I haven't seen anyone. No one relit that cigar. No. No touch-ups at all. I don't think there was a single touch-up all night. Not at all. Yeah. It's a merit. Pagoda. Yeah. So I'll give it a seven as well. And I thought, uh, like I mentioned before, I think. The pairing was, I, th- I think, very, very, uh, it kind of worked really well. And uh, the two things I would like to say uh, is that if ever, you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, people I end up meeting who are smoking cigars and they're trying to understand distinctive flavor notes and how you smell. This is one cigar, if you really want to get an idea of what barnyard really smells like, <laughs> put this, put the foot on the nose, smell the cigar. And you will know distinctively yeah. that it's very barnyardish in smell. The yeah. wrapper, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the and the other thing is, I think about an inch and a half in to close to two inches, you'll find a very distinctive, you know, the sweetness and the coffee flavor. And then obviously, I think it, in my case also, it kind of dissipated a bit. But yeah, meaning in terms of the overall construction and the burn, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The so, middle, so the seven, middle of the cigar was, was great, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah very was. enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was the best part of the cigar. Yeah. yeah. Bam, bam. Yeah, I think it's sevens all around, honestly. The mocha in this was different than most other cigars provided when they when they do provide a mocha flavor or aroma. And it, for me, it was compelling enough to give it that rating. And it did finish off pretty nicely. It was smooth, not a single rough edge. The first third, though, was pretty tough. I didn't enjoy that. But, you know, we got through it and pretty enjoyable cigar. Seven. Yeah. So, boys, the formal lizard rating on the... Adventura, the Navigator in Peden Zone, is a flat 7.0. Yeah. Mild recommend. And I like what Pagoda said. You know, a lot of, this is a great cigar for a starter. 
Guy or gal just getting into the hobby. You know, it's something we haven't talked about, and Pagona makes a really good point, is using a cigar like this. You know, like you said, it's a mild recommend at Mm -hmm. seven, right? But using a cigar like this to develop your nose, develop your palate, is a really interesting kind of point to say, you know what? These guys talk about barnyard all the time. Yeah, you know, Puba jokes about the the what, what's it the uh, the bad end of a horse at the at the track or something. <laughs> that's what you're getting on the wrapper of the cigar more distinctly maybe than anything we've ever gotten. So that's a really good point from Pagoda. Is like it is using a cigar like this to develop your yeah. nose and develop your palate. What's compelling about this cigar is the rate of smoke. So it, you got to watch how quickly you go through this. If you take your time with it, you'll like it. I mean, yeah, we're at an hour, almost an hour 40. Yeah. And it's like, to get that out of a Robusto is right. pretty shocking, actually. And there are a yeah. lot of... Go ahead. I would just really emphasize what Bam said there, because yeah. I actually think I've never had a cigar... Neither have I. ...that is as sensitive right. to how quickly you're smoking it as this cigar is. I mean, we say with every cigar, you need to take your time to fully appreciate the flavor. That's just a tenet of smoking cigars. But when you do, when you smoke too fast... With any cigar, sure, you you notice the flavors start to get muddled, but you still get some notes. I mean, with this, if you smoke too fast, you're just going to get nothing. It's just tobacco. Yeah. You, I, I've never had to so purposefully slow myself down to fully appreciate the cigar. Absolutely. And that can be frustrating, but I just think, I mean, it's worth it in the sense that there are good notes you'll get out of it, mm-hmm. but it's just really important for the listener to keep in mind if you try this cigar. Yeah. It's a good learning tool for a lot of guys and gals getting into this. Yeah. For yeah. only 10 bucks too. I mean, you oh, can't beat it, right? It's great. Can't beat it. I also the last thing that's surprising. We talked about the barnyard note on the the wrapper. I got no barnyard in the actual flavor. Zero of the cigar, note. Zero. zero. Yeah. Which I was happy about. So like this mm, is where I true. mean Grinder loves barnyard and cigars. I, I honestly don't. I, I kinda too. A little bit. Really? I, just a touch of it. I, like. I was glad I didn't get any on the <laughs> actual draw. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, for how pungent it was what does i'm Puba glad say? it didn't translate horse foot horse foot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horse foot. this was a horse foot oh cigar if you want to know what poop is talking about when he says horse foot this is the cigar for you just on the wrapper just on the wrapper not on the actual smoke itself all right boys a great night so on the old forester 1910 old fine whiskey we had a 6.8 and then on the adventura the navigator in pin zone we had a flat 7.0 great night good way to end the year and uh next week we'll see everybody for our new year special all right boys we'll see everybody next week hope you enjoyed this episode thanks for joining us you can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website loungelizardspod.com that's loungelizardspod.com don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform if you have any comments questions If you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.